Yeah, we try to get we try to put different um, different people on paranormal roundtables because it it can be an interesting discussion at times, but sometimes it gets a little bit off track. It does. I, I was on one a couple of years ago, um, Haas Paranormal out of Long Island, mm-hmm. and I tell you, there were some pretty smart people in there. It made me feel stupid. I think I answered a couple of questions, and I sat there and watched the rest of the time. I felt like an idiot. Yeah. But round tables can be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really interesting. Yeah. Well, David normally chills out when we're doing metaphysical fairy stuff. He normally sits in the background and looks pretty. Yeah, well, it's his attempt job. Somebody has to do it. Somebody has to do it. Hey, John Stevens. Not the pretty part. We got John Stevens, John Stevens in the feed this evening. He's yeah, John of, Snowball Stevens. Yeah, John Snowball Stevens. So tell us a little bit about hey, tell us a little bit about Bedford Paranormal. Um, how long have y'all been around? Where are y'all at? Okay. Um, actually, Bedford Paranormal was founded in 2006. Alan May started the group, and it was it had a number of members in it. And then shortly after, I joined. And I never did believe in the paranormal, but I had a couple experiences throughout my life that I just like, oh, there's an explanation for it. But then I moved in this house here locally in Virginia, uh, near it was in Bedford County. And there was so much stuff going on in there, and I could see lights flipping on and off, uh, doors opening. So I'm like, okay, I can't explain this. And I, me and Alan had worked together. So I kind of asked Alan, what could it be? And we discussed it. He invited me to a Bedford meeting. I was hooked after that. You know, a couple weeks later, I went to USS North Carolina investigating with them, and I was just hooked then and started becoming a believer. Mm-hmm. Or more or less explaining what I've seen all throughout my life, you know, since I was a kid. But uh, Best for Paranormal has been around since 2006. Um, we've been just about all over the country since pretty much 2006. <laughs> and we're kind of old school, and we've been just about... Oh halfway across the country, anywhere from, like I said, the Myrtle's Plantation to Stanley Hotel. We have a pretty decent resume, but uh, we actually now we're trying to catch up with the field because, like I said earlier, that we uh, we don't really share anything, and we want to share everything because mm-hmm. we see guys like you and everybody else around us that we network with. They're starting to share a lot of their stuff. It's not that we don't want to share. We just... I don't know. We just never have. Right. But uh, we, like I said, we want, we're going to catch up with the field, and we're going to start sharing stuff that we, we've had since 2006, mm-hmm. 2010, you know, all through the, throughout the years. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and, uh, we've been doing Paracon for, I mean, EnigmaCon. We did ParaQuest first a few years back, but 2017, mm-hmm. We uh, started EnigmaCon, and the people behind that were actually Alan May and another member, Angie. 
And uh, we've been doing that since 2017, and it's been pretty successful, and it's grown, and it's a lot of fun. I think we got just a few tickets left for this year. So hope everybody tries to come out and be a part of it. Yeah. So tell, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, what, what is that for people that I, – I have a lot of people that come on five times, and they're very new to the paranormal field, so they may not know. We know what you're talking about, but they may not know what what that is. Paracon is, is a conference with uh, – it's a big marquee of speakers. I mean, anybody from like uh, – the guys from uh, Tennessee Race Chasers, Mike, Chris, we've had Brandon. Uh, we got Pat. You gonna make me? You put me on the spot to try to name everybody, and I can't think of it. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, we had Pat O'Keefe. Um, we had Miranda Young from Ghost Bikers Expeditions. We had the Connor Sisters. We had Alan Marston, Steve Bills. I know you guys know mm-hmm. Steve. Uh, we had the hosses from Hoss Paranormal in Long Island, but they did cancel. Um, you put me on the spot. Now you're going to have to make me look it up and see who's all there. But if you go to EnigmaCon.com, the whole thing, everything is on there. Anything from who's there, they, uh... So is it, is it like a weekend of speakers then, basically? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's how that works. Yep. 
I didn't. I didn't. When I when I invited you on the show, how many people do you have on your team? Six. Okay. At one time, it was it was. I don't know. Alan can answer this, but it was tons of people. But we cut it down years ago to where it was four or five people, mm-hmm. and then we had a couple people quit for. Uh, well, they just stepped away from it for personal reasons. Right. And it was just three. It was me, Alan, and Noah, and. We went to an investigation in Mount Airy. It was a private investigation in Mount Airy. And we went to dinner, and we have networked and worked with Angie and Brenda and Lisa for years. And we're just sitting at dinner going, why don't we just ask them if they want to be a part of the paranormal? So we asked them. They accepted. And it's the greatest people to work with ever as far as paranormal is professional. There's no... BS, no drama, no nothing, and we all do our own little special be in the group and you know anything from like a case manager, anything. And we have so so much fun on these trips too. Oh yeah, it's just like a big family. That's really cool. But yeah, it's six people. That's cool. Because normally I try to get I normally try to get the whole team on, but you've always are the only one that I've seen come on the show. So I was like, all right, let's go, Ryan. <laughs> well, they were, they were messaging me going, hey, send me the link, send me the link. I'm like, just go to Facebook, go to my page or something. <laughs> but, yeah, was, we're, man, I couldn't ask for anything better with, with the people we're working with now. Which yeah. We had good team members before, and the ones that, that stepped away from it, they're always going to be a part of Best Repair. Oh, of course, like, yeah. We don't have a, a big team. We don't, we don't have a big team, and which it makes it hard to go to some of these locations due to price and all. That's why we'll go out and network with people that really are interested and work well with us. And it um, makes things a little more affordable. Right. But also it gives us the opportunity to work with other people and see how they do things. Right. And how they operate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's always what's interesting too is seeing how uh, seeing different people's techniques. Like, I was watching um, Haunted MD the other day, and I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's been on the show once. He's up in the Charlottesville area, and he's a doctor that does paranormal investigations. And one of the things that he was talking about was using a stethoscope to investigate with. I've seen that method before, but I can't recall yeah. who did it. Yeah, and I was like, let me order one of those. <laughs> because it does have enhanced, it's enhanced, you know. I mean, when you re- you can't get oh, yeah. the recording off of it. Like he said, you won't be able to really record that. But it's just the fact of almost having bionic ears in a way. I mean, I do have a set of bionic ears downstairs. I don't use, I haven't used those yet at the manor house, but I do have them. But I just thought it was kind of that type of technique is really cool. So I was like, all right, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to buy a stethoscope. It's coming tomorrow. Let me see what it does. <laughs> hey, for personal experiences and something to talk about, that's Great. It is like a bionic ear. Yeah, and I may need it for my to listen to my own heart. So you know, you never know on these. You know, now that I have this, oh, now that I have this new condition, you know, I, I have to have my little heart monitor with me, a little my little pulse checker thing with me, and now a stethoscope. It's perfect. Hey, yeah, <laughs> multiple purpose equipment. Yeah, 
quick. Yeah, that that was a really good video he did. I saw it on Instagram. I don't. I, he probably posted it on Facebook too. But yeah, he's he's he always comes up with good stuff. Haunted MD. He always puts out good stuff. Is he affiliated with UVA? I don't. Since he's from Charlottesville. I, he could be. I don't know. Um, I know he was featured on one of the um one of the shows that when they talk about hey Paul Shields when they um the different places what is it called the haunted places I don't know he was featured on a show and he came on our show one time but I I do know he's a doctor out in the Charlottesville area and he's always he always has these awesome ideas that's why I like watching them so much because like I would have never thought to buy a body cam if it wasn't for him you know, yeah. we would message each other back and forth, and I'd be like, okay, what new equipment are you using now? And he'd be like, well, the body cam is really awesome, and I put it on when I set up because you'd be surprised what you get. You know, and he's been – he was pretty tr- – it's pretty true with that because you'd be amazed on what you get when you set up, you know, and you're just merely talking, you know, back and forth to each other, and then all of a sudden there's somebody talking with you all. Oh, Helen, yes, said hello. <laughs> I had, we had an experience one time years ago. We went to Old South Pittsburgh Hospital, and we were in there. This is before the new Ronnie D or whatever his name took it over. And we were in there for like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we had a camera shooting down one of the, the, the wings, and it was so far down that you know, the claims the doors opening and everything, our IR light wouldn't fill the whole hallway. So the, me and Alan were talking about it. We said, well, let's go to Walmart and get some reflective tape, put on all the doorknobs. So the next day we went down there and got got the reflector tape from Walmart, came back, and we were cutting it, me and him walking. And all of a sudden, it was like we were doing a job to prepare to investigate, not thinking that, we should be investigating all the time. Like a body camera or a recorder on us at all times would have been perfect. Well, we were walking back up the, the hallway, and somebody started whistling. <laughs> and if I could whistle, I would whistle you the tune. That's how loud it was, how close it was. Oh, wow. And defined it was. And it kind of shocked us. We both stopped, and we looked at each other, and was like, what do we do? <laughs> no recorders, no nothing going. And it just it moved. And we followed it all the way up this wing around surgical, followed it all the way back through the building to the elevator. We got back to the elevator, it just stopped. Oh, wow. And the whole time I'm going, why in the hell didn't we have any kind of equipment rolling? Yeah. Which we did. Uh, we had, before SLS cameras and all were great, we had pretty much made an SLS camera and out of a connect system and all. It wouldn't pick up anything, but it did pick up the whistling. Oh, that's cool. On, on that. So I think we got that filed away somewhere. Whistling is very, you couldn't hear it very well. It wasn't like having a, a nice Zoom recorder or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that day we learned that when you go to a location and walk in, you're investigating. Yeah. No matter what. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Body cam's a good idea. Yeah, and there and there's 
they're reasonable now. They're not as outrageously expensive as they used to be. Um, the one that I just got was like 88 bucks. But the audio and the video on that sucker, the night vision on there is just awesome, you know. And now we're doing front and back body cam. So it's like I got one here and then I got one back there on the back because you never know what's coming up behind you. <laughs> so I'm hoping I can at least catch – I told David I liked it facing the back better because I can get a better angle and most of the time stuff comes when something steps out with me and they want to communicate. They don't step in front of me usually. Normally they'll step in behind me first. And I'm like, oh, you know, who's who's back here today? You know, it's so it's nice to have it. Yeah, we, we've used like GoPros for somewhat of a body cam at mm -hmm. times, but yeah. you know, you gotta have your you gotta have everything to go with it to make it work. Oh yeah, like a body cam. Definitely, definitely. My nephew got a used GoPro when he went out to a place locally here called Old House Woods, and he got the best EVP Class A's I ever had in my life. Well, he saved it to what's the gaming site that ever Twitch, and Twitch like gets rid of stuff every thirty days, and it got rid of all that EVP stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was so he he wasn't as upset about it as I was, but it was just that it's just what he caught on the GoPro, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe all this is gone. <laughs> it was like I wanted to cry. And yes, we're talking about um, we are talking about John, or excuse me, um, Doctor Molnar, Molnar, sorry, Donald, yes. And um, John Stevens said he is in the health system with UVA. He just doesn't announce that a lot of times publicly. So, hey, Jason, how are you? Hi, Hi Ann, how are you? Hello from Houston, Texas. Hi. <laughs> yeah, 159 from Amazon got Shayla of Patrol Master Body Cam. Works great. Yeah. They, they're good to have. Light vision and all, they're great. Mm -hmm. You don't have to mount any big IR light to it or anything. That's, that's yeah, a good I, idea. I, yeah, I tell people all the time, whenever you're investigating, we start our cameras as soon as we get there, and we can record 100% of everything. Yeah. It's just like you said, when you're setting up, stuff's liable to happen. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, well, yeah. 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 Yeah, I was setting up one night at the yeah, cabin. One night I was setting up at the cabin and I and I put my body camera on and as soon as I hit the first step in the cavern you hear somebody at the cabin he he said get out but I didn't hear that until I got home I felt something and but I just I just you know went upstairs and was doing Reiki stuff up there and yeah when I got home it was get out and I'm like oh <laughs> you know so yeah body cameras are a beautiful thing. <laughs>
it was amazing. And we would we set it up in the hallways, and it would just illuminate. The IR was just awesome, and it was very very clear. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they're pretty expensive, and yeah. um, we're gonna look into getting a couple more of those. But yeah, I uh, our my stuff. I, I I've gotten to the point where you know I try like I said we're we're behind it. The times where they're all the equipment gear. Yeah, I've been got to where I don't even use certain cameras, certain parts of my gear. I don't use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we don't either. I'm going back to some recorders, simple cameras, flashlights. But you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of times I know where I'm at. I don't use a flashlight. Yeah. I I, I went to St. Albans this past weekend and. uh they had a public investigation, and there was a girl that went to the bathroom and lost touch with her group. She was standing at the door. I said, you okay? She goes, yeah. She goes, I don't know where the purple room is, and I need to get back in my group. I said, okay. So she said, come on. So we started walking through. She goes, you don't need a flashlight? I said, nah. I mean, you know the building. I'm like, I trip over my own feet with the damn light on. I know a flashlight is not going to save them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We pretty much we use our body cams, but I don't I don't break out all the equipment that I have. I have a recorder. I have another one coming tomorrow. I ordered another one because to me you can never have enough recorders. <laughs> I, I think I have five. I even have an analog with a cassette. Yeah. Oh wow. I have one of those uh, downstairs. Right. Mm-hmm. Try them. Yeah. Try them side by side by the digital and see what you can get. Yeah, I do have one yeah. of those. Alan made that he liked the Zoom. Uh, F6 for recordings, yeah. Yeah, F6. Yeah. Alan's got the Mac Daddy recorders. I got the old El Cheapos. Yeah. Everything I got is Sony or Olympus or something like that. He's got the big Zoom ones. They're pretty awesome. Yeah. I haven't I haven't really seen those, but yeah, I've I've I have a cassette recorder sitting right downstairs. Yep. So. Yeah, I, think, I don't even remember when we went there. We realized at that point in time, every time we go to a location, we go through the threshold. We're we're investigating, no matter if we're setting up or whatever. We got everything rolling that we can have portable. So. We don't miss anything. Right. John says he's got a Zoom 2 and he loves it. Paul Shields, cassette recorders are awesome and they do catch EVPs. Oh, I bet. I'm going to have to try it out. I know i got it sitting down there in one of my drawers. Because I used to do it oh, yeah. to, to record. I haven't record. used the, the regular cassette one. So I, like I said, I do have the analog voice recorder. But, yeah. Yeah, old Sony's Olympus. I have an Olympus. Yeah, I like my. I have a Sony and an Olympus. Angie yeah. says, "Honey, just about pressing." <laughs> so, y'all, have y'all heard of the Crescent? Nope. Up in uh, Crescent, Pennsylvania. Mm-mm. Okay, it's it's. Uh, I don't know how many acres it is. It started out as a tuberculosis hospital. Then it went to a boarding school, and then in the 80s they made a like a max security prison, 
they fenced it in and it was a prison. We had spent uh, just about all night, and it's 22 buildings on the property also. Oh, wow. So if anybody ever wants to go there, make it multiple days. You can't do it overnight, which we only had one night, but we spent X amount of time in each building. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't feel anything or it was dormant, we just went to another building. We kind of felt rushed. But, and it has tunnels under the property. The buildings are huge. And we spent all night and we just, we went into the chapel. The chapel was very, very active. We go in there and we set up rim pods, bells, all kinds of stuff around different sides of the church. And we set a mill on top of the piano that was in the church. And Brenda and Angie and Lisa started playing hymns, recordings. Everything started going off, firing off. I mean, it was like a Christmas show in there. So as soon as we stopped the music, it all stopped. Start the music. I started playing the piano. They started going off again. I stopped. It stopped. So it was active. We really didn't get who was in there or anything. We just know that all this equipment fired off when the music was played. Oh, that's cool. Later on, later on that night, it's probably about four. Four four thirty in the morning, we went to like the last building we were going to, which was the maintenance building that acted as a makeshift morgue at one time. That's what they say. I don't have the proof of that. And if you know Angie, Lisa, and Brenda, they're always about history and paperwork that you find at these locations and all. So we walk in this building, go upstairs, and Angie and Lisa, it looks like an office building. And the door is open. Well, they walk in, there's a counter, and they turned and went around the counter to start looking through the paperwork that was left in there. So as they walked around the counter, the door slammed. Boom. And they blatantly told us not to shut any doors that are open on the property. So I go up to the door, and they're about, you can't get out. The door was locked. I still well, told Angie, I was like, turn the lock, open the door. There's no lock. It's only key locks. Oh. The only way you can unlock the door was with keys because it was a prison. And I'm talking big steel frames and a big steel door with a window in it with bars. So don't know who shut the door. At the point in time, Angie was freaking out. She was trying to find a window to get out of. And you can't get out of a prison structure with bars on the windows. She was looking to go out through the attic. She was panicking. And she, she told us the whole time, she's like, I had a feeling the building was just going to catch on fire. I'm like, no, you'll be fine. We'll get you out. So probably took us 45 minutes to an hour, but we got them out. Oh, my God. Don't ask me how. But one of our best pieces of equipment now is a crowbar. So You don't think about those things, though. That's I a good idea. We got her out. That's a good idea because you just yeah. you don't think about that stuff. Yeah, but the, they, it's funny now, but it wasn't funny then because yeah. they were stressed out. They were stuck in that with no, you know, latch to unlock the door, and it was just key locks at four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, once we get them out, we go back up our gear, and 
there's one way into place and one way out, like through administration building and little double doors. So we were headed out. Next thing you know, the only way out had a skunk. Would not leave the door. I mean, we were throwing cookies and old pizza we had. We're just trying to get it away. And, of course, they made a run for it with a couple cases in their hand. And I'm back here with book bags and cases and shit. And they run out and leave me in there with the damn skunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dropping shit trying to get out. But yeah, it was a good investigation. Our trips are very fun, yeah. even when we're not investigating. Yeah. Ronnie said he wasn't too impressed with Preston because the 15 buildings was a lot. Oh, yeah. really? I'm, like I said, um, you have to do it multiple days to cover that whole place. Yeah. Jen yeah. said she got a full apparition photo of an inmate standing in the doorway, door of a cell. And what building? One of the big buildings? Yeah, she'll she'll post it on there. And Shayla, she said she agrees with you. She felt rushed, rushed, but didn't get much in her reaction. I think if we could have spent more time in some of those buildings, mm-hmm. it it would have it would have been pretty active. But I mean, we got lucky that the, the chapel was great. The tunnels. Everybody thinks tunnels are scary. I mean, they're just tunnels. They're underground. Right. They're gonna feel scary. And I'm sure if we spend more time, which we walk the tunnels, but if we spend more time down there, maybe. But uh, like I said, the chapel and that building, the maintenance building was pretty hot for us because there was nobody next to that door when it shut. And it was locked. Yeah, Brenda said building D is where they got some activity. That's one of the big housing units. Yeah. Yeah. And we spent time in there. We spent a lot of time in there, but, well, we took a mill up next to one of the cells into a shower area, and we all went back downstairs. And while we were there, that mill went off a few times. And, you know, it didn't have any power in the building, so I don't know. We went up there, and it stopped and left again, and it didn't do anything else. So, you know, if it happens one time, I don't say paranormal, I'm just saying, it might be the right, piece of equipment malfunction or something, I don't know. I, I, I'm not calling everything paranormal either. Ron Stevens, he said nothing scares no, him Chris anymore, if you met his ex-wife, you'd understand. Mine too. <laughs> yeah, I can't talk about, I can't talk about my ex-wife, she passed away, so. Yeah, there was a shadow, there was a shadow that kept peeking out of the shower. Uh, yeah, that's, that's from Jen. No, Brenda, sorry. Mixing up my people here. So it sounds like a very interesting place. Yeah. Yeah. But if anybody does it, and people on the show can attest that you need more than one day, we're planning on going back at some point, and it's going to be multiple days. Yeah, Shayla but said... We don't know when that is. I think Shayla said that they would, they would like... Two nights would be better, but who can afford the two nights there? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, that's why we network with some people, but we got to find the right people to network with. We've been to places where other groups have people running out going, boom, boom. Oh, God. Nah, we don't do that. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, people you know, can't do boo anymore with me because, you know, my little heart can't take it. Nah. <laughs> if you go boo with me, I'm going to haul off and hit you. 
<laughs> Nothing really scares me. I've been startled a few times, but not scared. And right. You know. Yeah. I, you never know when something will scare me, though. Yeah. I'm not above being scared. Yeah. But usually you get a fist to the face or something, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Might not want to scare me. Unless you're like Dennis, that's why. We're not there to play games. Yeah. It's too too much invested in all this to mm-hmm. be going in just, you know, right. Go to a haunted house on Halloween or something. Do that. Don't waste my time. I don't even think I can go to those anymore. Not with. You know, What's going on with your heart? I had a heart attack. When? Three. <laughs> when was it? November first. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. Landed my. And I see you with two brand new stents. Yeah, sat on it. Oh, I did. I did. I sat on it for four whole days. I went to bed, not realizing what it was. And what did we learn? And we learned. Sat on it for four days. Well, it was a little teeny tiny. It was just a little teeny tiny pain on on not even the side where my heart is. It was on the other side, and I thought I had an. I thought I had a respiratory infection. Which I did. The test showed pneumonia and that. So I, I'm attributing it to respiratory infection because I had no other symptoms. There was no radiating, nothing, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. So now I can't, you know. If Dennis Eslock decides that he wants to do that bullshit to me because he's really good for doing that. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Dennis. Yeah. Yeah, I'll pop him upside his little head. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get him zinger. That's his nickname. Dennis Eslock did that bullshit to me at Ohio State Reformatory. That's what Ronnie Rickard said. Yeah, he does that. <laughs> yeah, yes, I I know that I'm glad that I I appreciate that. I'm glad that I'm okay. My intent. Yeah, I'm glad you're okay too. Yeah, my intent was to haunt you people. I was to make you famous and. Set off all your equipment, but not my time. Sorry. That's my plan. <laughs> I, I've cheated death so many times. Yeah. That, yeah, I'm coming back home with somebody. Yeah, I have a little list. <laughs> yeah, and it gets bigger. Yeah. yeah. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> have it all figured out. <laughs> I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do a list. Like a shit list. Yeah. Somebody's on my shit list. I'm going to get them. Mhm. Yep. Yep. There's a certain way to do your shit list. This is how how you do it. You put their little name there, and then every time they mess up, then you cross one letter out, and then when they mess up again, you cross that letter out, and then you cross that letter out, and then you're like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I just need to come back and haunt them. Perfect. Yeah. As soon as you get the whole thing crossed out. <laughs> yeah. Then it's like, oops, sorry. Angie, you guys need to head on down to the Edmonton so that we can see you this April. Oh, there are so many things that I've got going on. I wish I could, but I've got too much stuff that i got going on, unfortunately, so I know I'm not going to be able to head there. I wish. I I might be able to astral travel there, though. Well, any way you can get there. Yeah, if I pop you in the back of the head, then you'll know that it was me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Nick is is great. It's a great event. I mean, I'm not saying it's because like I'm just a little part of a Nick McCon, 
Angie and Alan are like the creators and the big bull behind the, the whole thing. So I'm just a little part of it. But it, it's a great event. I've been to a, a lot of great events. You know, anything from like Scarefest to like Steve Dill's uh, Hanover Tavern. Thing. Mm-hmm. They're all awesome. Yeah. But there's nothing like this one. Yeah. And, I mean, it's 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 awesome. And, and the thing. The thing is with y'all is that you don't know things exist either until you start networking with people. Like I didn't know anything about Paracons or EnigmaCon for that matter or a Bigfoot conference. I didn't know anything about any of that stuff until I met, you know, different people like, you know, you you coming on our show and watching it and, you know, learning about the Cabin on 360 or Pamplin Park or the Manor House. You know, and I think that's what makes it so cool is that everybody networks and you kind of learn different things about different different places. I didn't know nothing about St. Albans. I haven't been there, but I never heard of it because I kind of stuck to my little area. I'd go to Williamsburg. I'd go to Yorktown. I did a few investigations, you know, in the surrounding areas, but now you're learning different things, and it's really cool. Well, you really need to put St. Albans on your bucket list because yeah. it's a great location. Definitely on the bucket list. Yeah, I have to go. I'm looking if anybody for... out there need tickets to EnigmaCon, like I said, it's going to be the last one. Um, I think we have a few left. I, I was told the number today, but I don't know. I don't know why Angie would lie to me, but she says like four tickets left. Oh, gosh. And it sells out every year. And it's, a, it's, a full, it's a full day of, of figures, uh, presentations. We have, uh, we even have a, uh, like the meet and greet. There's an investigation after, and we have a, shoot, what else do we have? Escape room? Oh yeah, she did say that. I'm sorry. She she mentioned all that. Let me go try to get back in the comments. Yeah, I, I may have, has an escape room as well as the mm-hmm. Walk of Fear. Yeah. Oh yes, the Walk of Fear. I was reminded 30 minutes ago to say something about the Walk of Fear, and I totally forgot. Go ahead. Angie, I'm getting old. You know this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a full day of a lot of networking. Yeah. Really, a lot of networking. And we actually get to work with, uh, like, the, the new people getting into it. Like, with the investigation, they get to go, you know, with all these people that they may or may not know. Like, everybody knows, you know, Mike and Chris from Tennessee Ray Chasers. You know, everybody loves them. And they get to go investigate with them. Well, that's cool. And St. Albans. I mean, I don't know them. Huh? So I don't know them. Hey. I'm not judging you at all. That's fine. There's a lot of people I don't know, but people come up. Well, Alan is the one you say, hey, this guy did this. He's like, who is that? I said, you've never seen this movie? He's no. You've never seen E.T.? No, no. I'm just like, yeah. but Alan's like, a, he, uh, he don't know anybody either, but he's learning. He's catching up with the rest of us. Yeah. Well, you kind of you kind of go out and you know, like I said, do did things on my own, you know, and did it that way. So 
I, I'm still new to, to knowing people, but the people that I have met so far, you know, I really, I'm, I really like, and we could. Except for Dennis. Yeah, except for Dennis. He's such an asshole. He's not on here to defend himself. <laughs> yeah, Alan mentioned, I read a lot, but I don't watch a lot of TV. Yep. Alan is very knowledgeable about a lot of stuff. I'm thankful he let me be a part of Best Repair Normal 10 years ago, whatever it is, however long it was. So, I mean, it's been an adventure. Oh, yeah. Like I said. It's awesome. I never really believed in any of this. I knew throughout my younger days I had stuff happen. I was like, oh, that's a wind blow. Uh, something blew the door open or something. But then that one house I moved in, and then I asked Alan about it. And, you know, like I said, I was hooked. And then I got to meet so many people along the way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Angie, Lisa, and Brenda that are now with Best Paranormal, they, uh, I've worked with them for years. We've worked with them for years. So it only seemed right to just make it official right. last year at EnigmaCon. And I'm glad they accepted to come join the group because this is by far the greatest thing ever yeah. as far as Paranormal with us. Yeah. We work great together. Mm -hmm. And that's important. Awesome. Yeah. It's important, I think, to, um, to be able to work together, you know, and have that energy to to click because I think that's a big deal. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. From what I understand, before I actually joined Best Repair Normal, Alan said there was a little bit of drama in the group, and then I know some of the groups we worked with, like years ago when we did ParaQuest, there was some drama with the group mm -hmm. we were working with with that. So we we just got away with that, and I'm glad Alan and Angie started. You know, Nick because it's a great event. Yeah. Sounds like and it. And we announced, like, last week, a week before last, that this is going to be the last one. We've had so many people go, why, why, why? Well, it just takes a lot of time. Like, as soon as the event's over, the next day we're planning for the next year. So, mm -hmm. you know, getting everybody on board, getting the speakers, um, everything lined up as far as food. You know, everything. It's just, it's a lot on Alan and Angie. Because it's a lot on me, and they do most of the footwork. But uh, we work together, we get it done. Right. I don't think people understand how hard it is to do stuff behind the scenes. You know, because people just show up to an event, and they don't know the behind-the-scenes stuff. We did a Boo Bitch Paranormal um, event last year that, revolved around domestic violence and all that money went to a shelter and it was a lot of work to do that to do that event so and they're doing it again this year but i'm i'm not a part of that event this year um but it's a lot of work to, to do that a lot of time stress if, if anybody gets a chance go back and look to the enigma con facebook page is nothing else and just look at Everything that goes into it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can see it in the pictures. I mean, check out the cake from last year. It was just, I didn't think you could do something with a cake like that. Yeah. But, I mean, and none of it's cheap. No. I mean, you're not, mm -hmm. not going to have Chris and Mike come for nothing. You 
do it. You're not going to get people to come from all over, like Scott Sukel, you know, Steve Dills. I mean, some of these people we we have to put up for the night, you know, and just so they would come. We, right. we make sure everybody's comfortable and everybody enjoys themselves. And it, you know, all the responses we get, everybody enjoys it. So right. I hate to be the bear of bad news, but it is going to be the last one. But we're not going to stop supporting St. Albans. We're going to do a lot of of other events on a lower scale and uh, still make it profitable and enjoy for everybody. You know. Yeah, Shayla says you still have fun, and um, Brenda says all proceeds go to St. Albans. Yeah. John Stevens says he loves investigating with people who are all business and focused. When it's time to investigate, it's time to investigate. Um, exactly. Alan May, um, I'm glad that we have a group of people with different outlooks and opinions, and that matters, that everybody having yeah. the same thing, having something different is is a big deal. Angie St. Albans run by some wait a minute. The whole thing, the whole feed just went bam. St. Albans is run by some really great people. You won't regret it if you visit. St. Albans is actually bigger than Waverly. I haven't been there either. <laughs> and I, I didn't know St. Albans was bigger than Waverly. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a new one on me. Angie told me that and I've been meaning to look that up because St. Albans is huge. I mean, you can look, stand outside and look at it, and it doesn't look that big, but inside is so many rooms. It's a big maze, and there's a lot of square footage, but I don't exactly know how much. Angie might exactly, but I do know that Waverly is like somewhere between four and 500,000 square feet. So I, I don't know. I'm not saying, Angie, you're wrong. I just, I've been meaning to look that up because Waverly's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. As far as St. Albans, Marcel, she's like a mother to all of us. She's she's awesome. That's cool. And then you got like Tracy and Andrea and Buster and all the the volunteers. That, I mean, if the place wasn't worth a shit, you wouldn't have so many volunteers just coming. Right. You know, I need you for this event, and ten people show up to do this. Right. You know. So it's a good atmosphere around the place and good people running it. That's why we do what we do, because we want to support them and see the place keep going and mm-hmm. keep thriving, because it is a very active place. Now, Alan, Alan May said that St. Albans was started as a boys' school around 1892. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been a couple things throughout the years. And mm-hmm. if you go in there and do an investigation, you'll find out that some of the stuff in there, you don't really know what era it came from or whether it was brought there or anything because we've been going there for years. And the building, you know, if you watch any TV shows and people go there, they go to the, the Buller Room, Bowling Alley, um, Suicide Bathroom. But that place has so many other spots that are hot spots. The hottest spot in that building for us is the King Center on second floor. That nobody ever goes up there. Right. And it really got, I, you know, the years we went prior to COVID and the shutdown and all that, when the building lay dormant, mm-hmm. we go to the King Center and wouldn't, wouldn't have anything. But we 
came back during or right after COVID, that place is so active in the King Center. But the TV shows keep feeding you that uh, suicide bathroom, which is a story. It's no facts. Uh, bowling alley. People seeing demons down there. Oh, wow. I haven't. Or the red eyes, I haven't. Bowling, I mean, the uh, boiler room, I mean, they have active, we have activity down there, but it's not what the TV shows are pushing it to be, uh, which everybody knows that. Right. they got to get ratings. But if you're watching these shows with St. Albans or any location for that matter, don't don't stick yourself in just two or three spots at a place. Yeah. yeah. Look at the whole place. Go through the whole building. Yeah, he said, um, let me see, I was trying to go back into some of the comments. Uh, Ronnie says you can get easily lost there if you don't know your way around St. Albans. Shayla, yes, sometimes that helps your team know where to start because they were talking about um, the history, looking up the history. And Angie said if she's not wrong, it's not much, but it is definitely, it definitely is. I don't remember the exact square foot, but I can definitely find out. And then Brenda said the second floor of the King Center is definitely gets overlooked. And then Ronnie said the second floor is where Jacob and Donald's rooms are. He put a question yeah. mark there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you go around the grand staircase to uh, Jacob and Donald's room mm-hmm. and follow the hallway, you go straight down through the King Center. And, well, you can actually get to suicide bathroom that way also, but everybody turns to suicide bathroom. And nobody goes down to the King Center. So is this like a to book? Is it like a website that you have to go on to? to... Uh, you, you can go on St. Albans website. I think it's stalbans.com or either you can go on their Facebook. Okay. And um, all the information is there, contacts and everything. Okay. The hair yeah. salon I, area is usually passed over, but several people have heard two women talking in there. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Did you say that? Um, Alan May. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we were sitting outside of Marcel's office one one time. Me and Alan were talking to Marcel, and some lady, was nobody else in there, and some lady just started laughing. Oh, jeez. And uh, I looked at Marcel, and she goes, yes, she does. She laughs all the time. And then me and Noah, one of the other guys in the group, we were walking up to the grand staircase, through the back hallway, through the back staircase, and we walked by, and some lady laughed right there. I mean, we both stopped and looked at each other and looked in the direction the laughter came from. I mean, I didn't say, hey, did you hear her laugh? We just stopped and looked. And that came from right there. The place is active, but, you know, I, I, at this point, years ago I wouldn't have said this, but at this point I wouldn't go in. I don't go in anywhere, you know, provoking anything. Yeah. Definitely not. And John Stevens has been so nice because he's been putting links down for me for everything that we've been talking about. So if y'all have questions like about the EnigmaCon, if you've got questions about the um, St. Albans, and there was one other, John Stevens has taken the time out to put links down and everything. So I appreciate that. Thanks, Snowball. Yeah, we appreciate it, Snowy. Yeah, but, um, yeah, that's really cool. Um, let's see. Shayla said she had to leave uh, one of the rooms because she felt a lot of pressure in the back of her head. 
And then Ronnie said that they had great interactions with Jacob and Donald's room. Hair salon downstairs is hot, too. Yeah, but you don't never see people going to these. Well, maybe Jacob's room. I'll tell you what happened to me probably a year ago. We went in and did an EVP session in Jacob's room. And um, we spent probably maybe an hour in there trying to get him to play with his toys. You know, he's got, they have people's left toys for him. So as we finished up the EVP session, we were walking out, and I said, thank you, Jacob, for letting us come in your room. So it's one of those things where I get home, and I listen, and you could hear a small boy say, you're welcome. Yeah. So, and uh, I just, I got cold chills thinking about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that was like one night David was at, we was doing a um, tour in the roundtable room, and he said, thank you. And, and I have it on record on my video where this spirit says, you're welcome. Yeah. So I've got it on one of one of them because I try to record as much as possible when I'm there. So. Yeah. I, uh, I did a presentation a few years ago at Paraquest, and uh, I did my presentation on the Myrtle's plantation. So I knew at one point they uh, they would let you, no, they wouldn't let you. You sign up and you take a tour, a guided tour, and you have this person giving history and telling stories and whatever, and the douche nozzle that gave us the tour basically told us right there that if he didn't know what the, what the facts were, he was going to make up his own stories. And I'm like, holy shit, are you for real? Oh, gosh. So, we didn't know what was true or whatever, so we knew what wasn't true. Right. But he said, you cannot record this tour. So I, like, I had a recorder, and I stuck it in my pocket. And I don't know if I did something, he's seen it, but he kept chewing my ass out to turn the recorder off and all this. I'm like, dude, I don't even have it on look. But it was, uh, I misdirected him because Alan had his on in his pocket, you know, <laughs> recording the whole thing, and he kept looking at me, but Alan had his on. So when I decided to do this presentation on the Myrtles, I asked Alan, hey, man, can I get the recording from the Myrtles? I just want to, you know, go back to the room and listen. Mm-hmm. And there was a part in there, if you know anything about the Myrtles, uh, William Winter was a lawyer. And the story goes that he was in the house. Somebody rode up on a horse. I'm going to give you the short version. Somebody rode up on a horse, said they need a lawyer. He walked out on the porch, just got shot him. So he made his way back through the parlor and through it and he got to the staircase to his room which was 17 steps. They said he died on the 17 steps in his wife's arms. Well, I was getting to the point where we were going into the ladies' parlor or the parlor or something and in there they have these things stretched across the room like wires and they're some kind of insect repellents or something that they used back in the day. And as he's explaining these fires, I hear a disembodied scream on this recorder, blood-curdling scream. And it scared the shit out of me because, like, why didn't we hear this before? And um,
out there. This is Ryan. I started drinking hot chocolate, but then I was like, oh my God, my tooth is killing me. So I started to switch to <laughs> LaCroix here. So I'm all fancy, drinking the fancy sparkling water. I can put pinkies Heavy up. Heavy concern, you said you started drinking. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I, like, I, I should. Seriously, start doing shots. That would make the show really fun. How is everyone doing tonight? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I've um, I've taken two Percocets, three ibuprofen. So, if I'm a little loopy tonight, you guys will understand what is going on right now. Yeah, I start nodding off and shit. Blame it on the drugs. So, yeah. Exactly. I had a, I had a toothache like a couple of weeks ago. I the doc dentist prescribed me some amoxicillin and I took it and it went away. So I'm like dumbass. I'm like, oh, it's gone now. So I decided I stopped taking it. Decided to come back with friends on a Sunday. And uh, yeah, so I did use some of like Angie's. Antibiotics. I ran out. 
of my amoxicillin. So called the doctor and uh, he told me to put the lime in the coconut for some reason. I don't know why he would say that. I was like, this doesn't help me at all. I don't understand what, why this, but I'll try it. Uh, so, yeah, today we have some days to celebrate. You know, what is it? you know, it is National Respect Your Cat Day. Show your cat some damn respect. Sleeping, so. Is there any other way they kind of ban respect? Exactly. It should be every day. Right. Oh. They should respect us today. That's yeah, well, I'm sure a little cat calendar, there is some day that has respect to Humans Day, which is not very often with cats. Um, I'm leap year. Yeah, exactly. Every year the leap year. Uh, it's nationally it's eat, eat an Eskimo Pie Day, which I don't even know if they make Eskimo Pies anymore. I think they stopped making it. It's like a, it's like uh, yeah, well, yeah. Isn't it like covered, like vanilla ice cream covered in chocolate or something with like a magic shell on top of it? I think so. I think it's like a swan that called something. I could be wrong. I think they got rid of it because they think some like politically correct. You can't put Eskimos on ice cream anymore. Right. Yeah. So. If you have an Eskimo pie, you can eat it, but I don't think they make them anymore. It's National Hot Tub Day, which I could seriously go for right now. Doing this show in the hot tub, I would be all about that. Matt is bringing my computer in there. I would try to figure out how to not do it with my computer close to the water because that would – I don't have a waterproof computer, so that would not work out too well. Uh, National Something on a Stick Day. So if you like hot dogs on a stick – if you like jalapenos on a stick, if you like anything on a stick, today is your day. Go out and celebrate. Stick, put fucking stick something in a stick. I don't care. Just have fun. <laughs> this is a bad, bad uh, hand gesture, too. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Blame the drugs. And last, last of all is National Weed Appreciation Day. So I know there are a lot of people out there who appreciate weed, so that's pretty much every day for some people. Yeah. <laughs> 365, 24 seconds. But they're talking about. Do what? What'd you say? It's not 420. That's true. That's true. Well, this is actually weed, like dandelions and like oh. weed appreciation day. No, Re- actual no, weed no. appreciation day. So you're out there. <laughs> I mean, 420 is still coming up. That's a different kind of weed altogether. But, uh, yeah, when you're out there pulling weeds in your garden, you should be appreciating them on today. Every other day, every other day they suck. But today, <laughs> they deserve their props. Kristen says, hey, guys, what is up, Kristen? Welcome to the freaking awesome paranormal show. We are here. I am on drugs, drinking coffee, and um, – Pleasure. Yeah, exactly. Raz Campbell. I mean, it took the, it took the perk test like two hours ago. So. Off night, we are on our own. <laughs> yeah. This is a. Uh, it should be a fun show. Should be a fun show. So Cr, on the line with us. I put a I put a um, 
a message in the darkest radio chat. The darkest radio is that is the radio show hosted by Tim Dennis and um, well, it's hosted by him and I guess the Bruiser now. He's a, a wrestler, but it used to be Tim Dennis and Dave Schrader. I'm a big fan of the of Darkness Radio, and so I joined their their chat, and I was asking them in the chat if anybody would want to come on and talk about the paranormal with us. And CR was kind enough to uh, accept the invitation. Of course, you know I was going to be all drugged up when I did the show, but you know it's just an extra bonus for you. Uh, but he he had a, a paranormal experience out in the Minnesota. Now I don't I've talked to maybe two groups in Minnesota, and it happened, God, it was a lot, like, maybe three or four years ago, and I really don't remember anything. Not, it was a fun show, but, you know, it's hard to keep track of all the stuff that people talk about. Uh, so I want to turn a share, I want to turn to the floor over to him and have him talk about what happened uh, with his paranormal experience, and then we'll ask questions about it. So, CR, well, you are a reenactor, right, correct? I've been a living historian for about 20 years. That's kind of what we like to use instead of reenactor. But um, I did uh, some war reenacting for about 10 years, and then I switched over to World War II. But I get a lot. I got uh, Civil War reenactors get a lot more attention um, because they think they think the correlation is because we're wearing the uniforms, we're on the actual battlefield, and mm-hmm. it happened. And they're just seeing another uh, fellow soldier in uniform. Yeah, it would be a good trigger object. Like, people would bring. So where I was. Go ahead. Exactly. Yeah, and that's, that's what they think is, is it's because they see us as a trigger object. Um, and, you know, uh, we wore reproduction uniforms carried the muskets, we would go out for a weekend and live just like they lived. We'd leave all modern trappings in the truck and walk out in the field with with uh, period correct items and stay out there for the weekend, even in the dog tents. Now, I have a question. Is reenact or what don't, what, what, is, what do you like? What, what do you actually call it again? I... So living history is another another term we like to use. So being a living is is living history as popular is up north as it is in the south. I know a lot. There are a lot of battlefields, obviously in Virginia. So there is a lot of living historians um, that go to go to different anniversary of battles battles and stuff like that. Is it really popular up there or is it kind of a niche thing? Popular. Um, and it kind of ebbs and flows depending on what uh, era of reenacting you're doing. Uh, there's groups in Minnesota that do anything from uh, colonial times all the way up to present. Um, and so the group that I was with uh, portrayed the 5th Minnesota Company C which they were a uh, Civil War detachment uh, active in the Dakota Uprising about uh, 1862, uh, early 1860s. 
And uh, this Minnesota actually went down and fought in the Civil War down in, in the southern states, but before they went, they were called up to duty for the Dakota conflict um, around the uh, Fairfax, Minnesota, um, New Ulm area. So it's Dakota. Uh, the um, what are the tribes up near up in that area? Is it just Dakota Indians or? or? Uh, so yeah, so the the Mid-Tawakitin too was one of the big ones. Um, I'm trying to think of. I'm looking through some information that I have here. Um, they were they were the biggest one that they had problems with was the Mid-Tawakitin and uh, led by a guy by the name of Little Crow. So he is the one with his band that actually attacked the fort. So you are you're portraying the soldiers that were that were called to fight the Indians or Native Americans, whoever. Um, what happened to you? What was your, what happened? What was your experience that you had? Okay. So normally what we would do is we would do, uh, uh, the weekend events were like a Saturday to Sunday. We'd come in, we'd take the day of Friday off of work and we'd drive out there and take the day to set up and, and get in that period, uh, frame of mind. Uh, and it was probably, I'm going to say probably about 9.30, 10 o'clock on that Friday night. Um, pardon me. It was myself, another fellow reenactor, and my committing officer's wife. We all had been talking in the past couple of years up to that point where we were all, you know, not denying that beards and ghosts are around and, and kind of realizing that because we do what we do, we're more sensitive to it. So we just decided, you know, 9.30, 10 o'clock, we decided to go out and walk around the fort. Now this fort, when you think of a military uh, fort, you think of palisades and big walls. This was a frontier fort. There were no buttresses, no walls, no anything. Um, so basically what we did is we walked out into the parade square, which was between the buildings. The only thing that is left of these buildings are the footprints. The only building that's there is the commissary and the powder magazine. We just sat there and we sat down on the footprint of what would have been the barracks for company C, which this will play, this will play a part in my story here. But we just sat there and we don't provoke, we don't, you know, poke and prod. That's that's not the way I do it. We were just sitting there and we just, you know, started feeling the calm and, and we just started walking around. Um, so basically I ended up getting a feeling of a lot of um, a lot of bustling and energy around, like something was happening. Um, walking around and something brought me back to the barracks and I actually found out that during the attack, the townspeople came from New Ulm up to the fort and they were put in the barracks. Mind you, there's about 
150 to 200 civilians that were put in the barracks. When Little Crow, when Little Crow attacked, he fired the barracks with the civilians in there. So I felt a lot of heaviness. Um, didn't feel anything evil, just felt heaviness. I felt um, danger and fear, and that I could, I could hear battle going on. Wow, that's um, that's interesting. They they think it's it's you know was it near an anniversary of the battle? Was it like you think it was the date, or is it just like just a random day you were out there? I don't I don't quite remember when the attack was. I think we were pretty close to it, but I don't think it was on the day that we were there. It sounds like it made quite an impression on the land. Did you, um, how were you feeling when that happened? Um, you know, I was, the hackles were up on the back of my neck. This this had been the first time I had ever experienced anything like that. Uh, I had never gone out and done anything like that. And basically what, what we had told the spirits before we started walking around was, we're here, we respect you, we understand what happened. We're just here to understand how you were feeling and, and what went on uh, during that event. So I was, to say I was, I was skeptical, but after that night, I was no longer a skeptic. I felt a little uneasy, but I never felt I was in danger. Uh, you say that this is the the first time that you experienced anything like that. Doing other, you know, walking histories, have you done any, have you gotten anything else like, like that night that you had? I had one time, um, and this was weird because we were, we were down in Iowa in some guy's farm field doing a reenactment, and I, to the best of my knowledge, no battles had been had there. Um, but it was just after hours, we were sitting in um, our uniforms, sitting under a tent by a fire, and we were just talking, and, um, you know, my rank was a private. I didn't have, I wasn't an NCO or anything like that, but I just felt I was sitting there talking to people, and I sent a uh, officer coming up on me and I just in the middle of conversation on the blue snapped up fired off a salute and just said good evening sir and of course everybody looked at me and they're like okay uh how'd that officer sneak up on us and then there was a bunch of people that were like oh you're just goofing and then there were three or four that were like okay yeah he understands what's going on. I sent that guy to. That was that was really the only two big events that I had doing uh, Civil War reenacting. It's so like there's so many battlefields and there's so much energy on the battlefield. Especially I don't know how it is, but well, I guess there it's more like plains wars with the with the Indians war that is super like Civil War stuff up there. Yeah. But you walk around um, 
Cold Harbor Battlefield or like Gainesville Battlefield. Those are the ones that are close to where I live. And uh, or even like, you know, of course, Gettysburg. It's so peaceful when you walk around out there, but you know that, that there is somebody else there. You can feel it. Um, even on the even at behind the cabin on 360, where there's the battle, but the, the church took place. You know, you know, you're not alone. Um, and it's just the energy there. There is a um, there is a museum near Richmond called Henricus. Henricus is the second um, established colony after Jamestown. Um, they uh. After they went up to James River, they established Henricus, and it was doing good for a while. That's where, um, when the English captured Pocahontas, that's where she stayed in Henricus with uh, Reverend Andrew Whitaker. They had peace for like eight years, I think, and on March 22nd, which wasn't obviously not that long ago, 1622, there was a huge massacre. The Palatine Indians like had this big complex plan and they, they, they kind of really, they, they were playing possum almost where they had the, the, the settlers. So they kind of got gained their trust and they came and it just like, they, 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 settlers invited the Indians to come in to their houses and stuff. And it's like at the exact right time, they just started hacking up. They started, Killing women, men, they basically wanted to get the English out of Virginia. It didn't work, but they ended up burning down Henricus. And um, we went out there on the anniversary of the of the attack, and we we're in this the the hospital is called Mount Malady. It's the first hospital in the New World. Is a replica of it, obviously, and we were doing a uh, a spirit box session in the on the sitting on the floor. So you know your spirit box here, the static in it, you know, going through, and it was all a white noise. But I kept hearing what sounded like men, women, and children screaming outside, like out just outside the the the, the hospital. And I and they looked there. I'm just looking around, and and nobody else seems to notice it except for one girl. And she's looking around, looking out, looking out towards the walls, trying to figure out what's going on. She's hearing the right thing. And she gets up. She's like, I, I, I got to go outside. And she's visibly shaken. So she walks out the door, and I hear, you know, still hear the stuff outside, screaming, just like mass panic outside, but it's very faint. It's not like, you know, super loud, you know. So I finally I go outside. Let's see, she's sitting outside, and she's just with her hands on her knees, or her head between her knees. Like, did you hear it, too? And she's like, the, what, the screaming outside? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, yeah, that's where I came out here. And, of course, outside is perfectly quiet. So, I mean, I don't know. It, it was – it sounded like there was something going on outside. It could it could have just been, you know, sometimes you'll hear water, like you hear water running to the – dishwasher or whatever, you'll maybe hear voices, but it was just the white noise making like almost like a audio pareidolia type thing. But it was still pretty convincing because I'd never heard anything like that before. 
and especially in that area. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing that. So it's true though. It is um the land can definitely uh hold on to things. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, so CR, thank you for sharing well, your you know, they've got the they've got the stone cake theory. That's true. Yeah, I mean you go to even like houses that the residual hauntings of people, you know, they do the same things over and over again, walking up and down, walking or up and down the hallways, or you'll see a person passing through a, a wall that could have been where there, where there is a door at one point. So they're passing through what they thought in their time was a door. Um, I went to an investigation investigation at this house called Bell Nemus Plantation. Rhonda, you, you've heard Howie talk about Bell Nemus yeah. before. Um, it is a built like seven, built in 1797 out in Palatine, and we had left a recorder in the um, the main like the main entryway. You walk in the front door, there's like a foyer area, and there's two fireplaces, and we left a recorder going and a video. So when you go up, go up to Bell Nevis, there's a long driveway, right? It goes up to the front porch. Well, back in the early 1800s or whenever 1700s, the there was no it was driving went to the side. So I looked at pictures of Bell Nevis, the the front yard. There's a just a yard, a lawn in front of the front of the um, front porch. So we were sitting in the driveway and you hear a voice coming through because we left the recorder going and we went outside to smoke cigarettes and just relax. We hear a voice saying, get off my lawn. Now I'm wondering if they had, what the spirits were seeing was what they saw in the, whenever it, they, early 1800s, 1800s, whenever. I'm not sure when the driveway came to be or when they moved it. But you look at all pictures of Bell, looked at all pictures of Bell Nemus, There, there was no driveway. It's just, uh, just uh, a yard, a lawn. So they're seeing us sitting on their lawn, not on the driveway. Yeah. It is interesting. Sure, it wasn't quite good. It could be. <laughs> could have been. Uh, so. Is that do you, do you any more experiences you want to talk about, CR? Uh, so the the last one that I wanted to leave you with, so it was that night. Um, we decided to walk uh, from building to building. So, like I said, the only remaining building there, original, is the commissary, and all the other buildings are just stone footprints of what they once were. Well, we, you know, went. From building to building and kind of got a feeling of okay well this one's quiet you know they're all over they're still all over at the barracks well we got to the infirmary and the little backstory is so the day after little crow attacked the fort uh my state club's third grandfather was in the 6th Minnesota that came up to bolster the fort the day after the attack happened. 
and he had uh, rheumatism, which is severe um, arthritis. Mm-hmm. And when we were standing in front of the infirmary, I just said, Lewis, if you're here, you know, let, let me know if you're here. And some people think that it's rude that this happened, but I he shared his pain with me, and it was to the point where my buddy physically had to grab me and move me five feet from where I was, and then the pain went away. Mm. Oh. Wow. wow. That's a profound experience. A little freaky, but I didn't understand what it was until a couple of years later, until I, you know, talked to a couple of people and understood mm-hmm. it a little bit deeper. Uh, it's obviously wanted you to feel something in that moment, but it's only something he wanted you to experience. So, you guys have any questions for uh, CR? I have none currently. And me either. Well then, you guys want to do some would you rather's? Let's see. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see what you guys would rather do. <laughs> some of them are kind of stupid. Joy. I'm at. I'm on Buzzfeed <laughs> here, and I'm trying. So some of them are actually pretty good. Some of them are kind of stupid. Uh, first one: If you are guaranteed not to get hurt, would you rather? Spiders. We'll start with Austin, then CR, then Spiders or snakes, hundred percent. I don't, I don't do spiders. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I have arachnophobia. I would kill the snakes. See, I would be the only one that I'd go with the spiders because I've got the deathly fear of snakes. <laughs> I'd go first. I'd go first. Like, like the worst dreams were. Like you would wake up in a dream and like. You couldn't walk anywhere because there were snakes everywhere. I just I couldn't get past it. Nope. <laughs> There's a movie called Arachnophobia I saw nope. with my mom. I mean, I didn't know what it was. Cause I remember it had John Goodman in it from Goodman. Roseanne. Yeah. I'm like, did you do that bad? Because it's got Dan Tanner in it. It can't be that slow. Yeah. God. That's <laughs> Yeah. That was terrible. I Yeah. But then I watch Indiana Jones with the snakes, and I'm like, oh, okay. I can deal with that. The snakes I'm all right with, spiders I don't do. I'm good. Or my, I would not want to be stuck in, like, you remember in the tunnel of the third, I guess there was the third one, Indiana Jones, where he went into the tunnels and there were a bunch of rats in the sewers? Yeah. Wow. Ooh, no, 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 no. I would <laughs> that would, I would. Oh, I, Venice. Oh, yeah. Oh, Venice. That was <laughs> Remember they were putting this they were hitting the stamp and they kept hitting the floor with the little with the uh with the little stamp thing with bam and bam. It was so, with the yeah, exactly. That's what I meant to say. They're <laughs> <laughs> looking at the stamp, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> that was that was a good movie. That was the last crusade was a good one. But except for the mice. The mice in the sewers, that kinda gave me gave me the the heebie-jeebies there. Yeah, no, I'm good. So mice and <laughs> mice and spiders are not my cup of tea. Okay, this is kind of true. Would you rather be haunted by a ghost or be a ghost? So I'm assuming you're dead if you're a ghost. So I'd rather be haunted by a ghost. I don't really want to be I would dead. Be haunted by a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of 
kind of unanimous there? Um, I don't. I don't know. It depends. Depends on. Depends on the situation. Depends on what type of ghost it is. Yeah, or maybe who I get to haunt. Yeah. I'm a ghost who I get to haunt. I mean, it might be okay. fun to haunt, but I hate to be stuck. Like, I'd hate to, like, be, like, fall down the steps of the Brick Rancher and be stuck in the basement of the Brick Rancher. Oh, yeah. it seems no, like a bunch of miserable, really good. miserable people in the bottom well, of the no, Brick no. Rancher. Now, if I got to haunt, like, I don't know, Gordon Ramsay or something, then maybe... <laughs> Throw his around and stuff. Yeah, have some fun with it. That'd be funny. <laughs> Move his knife and shit. Who's a uh, pretty yeah. knife? If I could find that Fagans, that'd be cool. There we go. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> that'd be fun. That would be fun. <laughs> oh, there's one. Right, I got one. Okay. Yeah. Would you rather walk through a dark graveyard alone or walk through a dark forest all by yourself? So you're alone both you're alone in both in both situations. I'd say I would say dark forest. I think I'd have to go to the forest. I would rather go to the graveyard because you know, I go graveyard. I actually have three yards, probably couple yards from my house. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think that, you know, graveyards for me are usually pretty quiet. I feel like people there are resting. They aren't really haunting anybody. They're somewhere else haunting people. I feel like I'm Fair pretty cool in the graveyard. Well, I mean, it's a, a forest. I don't know, you know, unless the forest has got some history to it. Yeah. I'd be too afraid of chipping up over graves. And like banging into my shin over like a gravestone, uh, so it was more more of a more of a safety hazard thing for me than being scared. Of course, there are roots of trees, and you know, am I like if I there's a root on the as ground, I won't find it. Like, as long as it's not like a haunted forest or like Goldman Bridge or like <laughs> the Island of Oaks. I'd be fine. Yeah. If I, have to, if I have to run through said forest or through said graveyard, I guess I'd do graveyard because I'm going to probably find a path right. to, uh, to run down. And your finger in front of your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I have one. Okay. All right. All right. So if we're all running away, do we trip Ryan and run faster? Yes. You got to watch your eyes today. <laughs> Come on, guys. This is funny. Hurry up. Come on. Stop playing. Wait up, guys. So, you, you just moved into a new house, right? Would you rather hear a little girl say, hi, mommy, slash daddy, without having any children, or would you rather hear a growl without having a dog? The child. Child. I'll take the child. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't like those kids. I'm sorry. <laughs> as I'm, long as there's not a dog attached to the house, hey mom, hey dad, I think. Yeah. Dogs around while that's happening, maybe not. <laughs> I mean, there there are people who think that if you're if you're a child, there must be a demon or something. 
or, you know, their demon is impersonating a child. But I don't know. I don't think that's true all the time. Yeah, no. But there's a growl, I'll just assume that something something's going on. Something don't want you there. Something don't want me, yeah. <laughs> the, these hi mommy, hi daddy is friendly. You know? I don't yeah, really for the moment. Yeah, well you say something like that. <laughs> that would freak me out. Moving into a new house. Moving into a new house, not having anything there, and you don't have an animal, and you hear a growl. No, I'm out. I'm done. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> you call, the, you call the, the real estate agent. You're like, hey, yeah, cancel it. I know exactly. everyone threw cancel it. We got you my three-day rescission ready. <laughs> <laughs> Do you miss anything about a demon being attached to the house? <laughs> It's like the uh, our Ghostbusters. Okay, who brought the dog? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> That's when you call your insurance agent and go, "Ah, uh, do we have a demon clause?" <laughs> <laughs> Is there a demon back out clause? Because I didn't sign up for this shit. <laughs> Oh, God, let's see. Let me see here. Here's one. Would you rather be a werewolf or a vampire? Would you rather be Team Edward or Team, or what's his face? Jacob. 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 <laughs> John, you just lost him, I swear. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so what are you? I'm, I'm a good vampire, honestly. I'm all right with not coming out during the day. Yeah, vampire. I'm going werewolf. Yeah, I think I'm going to go vampire. Yeah, I think it looks really painful when werewolves turn into, you know, they change forms and, you know. Then you wake up more naked. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you become a dog. It's the parking lot, but naked. I mean, that's, that's like the average thing you see at Walmart, so I guess it, it, would, it wouldn't really make a difference, but. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole drinking blood thing, which I guess you get used to after a while. If you want it that bad, you'll you'll, you'll find a way to get it. Um, yeah. But, yeah. You know, there's, I don't know what, I guess where we can. As long as you don't iron over those. No. <laughs> That's true. I guess werewolves can like attack deer and eat them for sustenance. I guess I don't know. So yeah, I'm part. I'm I am team a vampire. I'm team Edward. So get my skin all glittery and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to be glittery and shine? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I will look fabulous with my glittery skin. <laughs> Why would anyone want to be abducted by a because abducted by a psychopath? You know how it's going to end. <laughs> I mean, there's no like, oh well, I just uh, psychopath abducted me and we became best friends and you know, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> yes, 
and now and now he's we're gonna move in together and be great. No, it's gonna suck. He's gonna die. He gave me he gave me tips on how to be a psychopath. Yes. Psychopath starter kit. We bonded him over trouble. I I have a feeling I have a feeling that if I were abducted by aliens it would only last a couple minutes. They picked me up the ship when Harvard needs to be back out. Yeah, I was like, oh, try, try another one. That's the same with me. You're like, oh, shoot. Okay, I picked the wrong one. I can just feel his body like flying with a light beam. Yeah. Just falling down back to the house. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's going up. I'm the only one going back down. Oh, sorry. Wrong answer. <laughs> All the wicked late. Nope. <laughs> so we. I mean, what would you guys do? I mean, I, I pretty much would like to be. I, I'm, I'm saying alien, because alien. there may be a different result other than me being hacked up and put into a bag or a stew. I'm, I'm yeah. saying alien just for the fact I don't want to wake up tomorrow and be in a van down the road because I said psychopath. So a van down by the river. <laughs> yeah, as far as yeah. <laughs> They keep thinking about that the South Park episode, the anal probe one. You know, yeah. they think about the boy. So I have, I have a so the satellite comes out of my ass while I'm doing the show. You'll know what happened. <laughs> I picked the wrong. I picked the wrong one. Oh, let's see. Oh, here's one. Which famous witch would you rather piss off, Maleficent or the Wicked Witch of the West? I would have to go Wicked Witch of the West. That's a good one. I mean, she she got beat up Same here, kind of by a dog. <laughs> I think I could take the Wicked Witch of the West. Cause I do, all I got to do is throw water on her. Um, I just get a bottle of Dasani and I just like Yeah, it. I'll just take my LaCroix here and toss it on her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Melissa Fent turns into a dragon. When she gets mad, and that's those are kind of a little bit harder to uh, to take care of, a little bit of bigger problems oh, to yeah. to figure out how to get rid of. Yeah, I, I think she'd be a little harder to take down. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I threw water on a dragon, it wouldn't do much. Take this. Oh shit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Get spit roasted by a dragon. Right. <laughs> I think my Lacroix was too much to a dragon. Oh, I got one. <laughs> <laughs> I got one. Okay. Would you rather be the first person or the last one who turns into a zombie in the zombie apocalypse? Ooh. Ooh. I'd say first. Honestly, because if I made it to the to the end and then I get turned, I'm be pretty pissed off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would yeah. suck. I would. Yeah, I'd go first. Cause, yeah, because I don't want to be. Once, oh, once you're a zombie, you don't, you don't have to worry about it anymore. You have nothing to worry about. You just eat brains and be fine. That's the last get turned. Does that mean there's no other brains to eat? Are we going to have Ooh. a famine then? Would you rather be an old zombie or what they call the walker, which like the smart ones? Man. 
smart zombie. Then I know I'm eating grains, which I don't want to know. <laughs> I'd rather not know and just eat them and not, you know? Like, ooh, brains. Ooh, God, what am I doing? Yeah. yeah. I want to be a mindless zombie. If I'm a zombie, I want to be mindless. As, as far as the smart zombies, right? The smart zombies can run. They can open doors. They have a little intelligence. So they're, you know, not just a normal where you just throw a zombie and run away from it. It'll actually chase you. Uh, yeah, if I go up against something that's smarter than me and it's undead, then just take me. At, yeah. at that point, just take me. Yeah, because it's big hope comes of just constantly being worried about attacks all the time. And it's like, oh, my God. See, I snore, so they would hear me. Yeah. Well, and if they can open my door, then that's it. Yeah, you're dead already. I just know it too. Apparently, according to Angie, so I'd be I'd be dead too. First time I go to trying to go to sleep, I'd be wake up. I'd be up, waking up craving brains. Why don't I want? Why don't I want brains all of a sudden? Oh shit! They got me. If you wake up craving brains, you'll know that you are attacked by zombies. Yep. Call in sick to work. <laughs> Yeah, I can't come to work because I'm dead. Sorry. Long and you're not a dyslexic zombie. <laughs> oh boy, we got a few more minutes left here for a few more. Uh, da, da, da. okay. Which classic monster would would you rather fight? Dracula, Frankenstein, the Mummy, the Wolfman. The, the Invisible Man or the Creature from the Black Lagoon? Which one would you rather what? Fight. 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 Finish him. I don't know much about the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Creature from the Black Lagoon. I'd, really? I'd say the Mummy because I'm pretty sure if you just punch him, he turned to dust anyway. He's that old. I don't know. Unwrap it. Yeah, pull it just like oh, spin around like the cartoons and shit. Hmm, that's tough. I don't. I wouldn't want to fight the creature from the Black Lagoon in the water, obviously, because that's their their habitat, his habitat. But yeah, I wouldn't want to try to take on the Invisible Man because you can't see him. That is just not gonna happen. He's gonna no. take me out. Yeah. Oh, I'm good. Game over. <laughs> I'd rather fight a ghost than an invisible man, just saying. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the invisible man can actually grab onto you and shit. Yeah, yeah, stuff. Right. yeah. So, what do you guys say? I'll go Frankenstein. How about Frankenstein. Frankenstein. How about CR? You said a creature from, from Black Lagoon? Creature from the Black Lagoon. I'm going for the mummy. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Would you rather be attacked by crows or bats? I got one more. Crows or crows or bats? I'll go bats. Yeah, I'm gonna go bats on 
Another one, CR? Oh, yeah, well, yeah. I just think the will hurt more. Would you rather spend a night at the Bates Motel from the show, or would you rather stay in room 1408 from the movie 1408? Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh. Is Norman there? If it's just the room, then there's nobody. I would I'd be fine as long as Norman's not there and his mother at the Bates Motel. I would, because Norman's there, I might not want to go. I'm gonna go 1408 all the way. I just really want to stay in a really haunted room. Yeah. But he, spoiler alert, he died at the end of the day as well. Yeah, 1408. I'd say 1408. Nice. I don't think I'm moving all. I don't think I'm moving all. Right, I'm still going 1408. <laughs> I mean, just because he died, we're gonna die. We'll just make yeah, smarter. We'll just know. make smarter decisions than he made. He's, he's an amateur, you know. Tom Cusack. I mean, yeah. He probably died. He probably died because Sam Jackson didn't say mother effer in the movie. Like what it was. Had to be. I mean. <laughs> That's logic right there. You need to think about a fucker. <laughs> then you'll survive. Oh, so anybody need any more, Rhonda? Let's see. Would you rather talk to a spirit or see a spirit? Oh. Yeah. I would... Is it a nice spirit? I don't want to talk to the spirit and then it's like, oh, you're a stupid idiot. <laughs> Dumbass. I've seen it. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. If I see it, like, if I don't have somebody else see it, <laughs> if I talk to it, I can get some information. I would say talk to it. Yeah, it depends on where you're at, too. Yeah. yeah. True. That's true. That's true. I wouldn't want to be like the sixth sense where the ghost to show up. I mean, I, there are a lot of people who deal with that stuff. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to say speak to. Yeah, I think speak yeah. to would be my would be my uh, cup of tea. Let's see. Oh, here's one. Actually, no, this is stupid. Would you rather spend an entire night in a coffin underground or spend a night in a haunted hotel? Why would you want to spend a night in a coffin underground? That makes no, no sense. No, I'm good. Yeah. Hotel, 100%. Yep. No doubt. I'm claustrophobic first thing, yep. so. Me a puppy bed and a coffin. Oh, dude. Yeah, no. There's no guarantee that somebody's going to come get you either, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, we'll be back in the morning. Okay. Like, I think there was something yeah. I was supposed to do, but I can't remember. Did I forget something? 
I knew I was supposed to do something. God, what was it? I'm a scratch mark on the bottom of the car. Like, how? That's right. And then you have now. The bells. Anytime, yeah. <laughs> they're gonna be here. They said they're gonna be here. So yeah. <laughs> the haunted hotel. The that unanimous. That'd be fun to mess with people. Have a bell and a loudspeaker put in the coffin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right. Here's one more. Would you rather live in the house from the haunting of Hill House or American Horror Story Murder House to live in, not just visit? In either movie or just a show, so I don't know. I'd probably do Murder House just because have to deal with the guy in latex rather than that super tall crooked neck thing from Hill House. Yeah, the crooked neck thing creeps me out. Yeah. Yeah, no, good. <laughs> so I just yeah, I can, I, <laughs> I would go work I could deal, I could deal with crooked doctor better than what is in the Hill House. Yeah. Yeah. I, can, I, I concur. I'm not, I haven't seen the American Horror Story one, or I don't think I've seen the Haunted Hill House. I'll just go with I'll just go with you guys. We'll move in together to the murder house <laughs> with our new psychopath best best friend. He picked us up. That's right. After the aliens drop us off, of course. Oh yeah. Whatever they want, whatever the psychopath wants to eat on a stick, since it's yeah, since it's natural eat us in. That's what you think on a sick day. This is all of our cats. Hopefully they don't, they don't want Eskimo pies because, you know, they don't make those anymore. <laughs> but we'll give, them, we'll, give them, we'll give them some weed and uh, everything will be fine. They don't want more Eskimo right. pies because they'll have the munchies. Some dandelions? Yeah. <laughs> so we are uh, just about out of time. It is 9 Hey, Ryan. Six. I've got a question. Okay. Froze. I've got a question there for Austin. Um, I'm actually, buddy of mine and I are actually thinking about getting into investigations. Um, okay. And we were wondering what type of equipment would be best for uh, first-timers. So if you're going to film, um, I started with just, you know, a, a BS $50 camcorder that you can buy off of Amazon. Um, that's what we started with, and we started with your, you know, EMF meters, uh, spirit box, stuff like that. Um, you can get those fairly cheap as well. I think uh, a double pack of EMF meters are like maybe $40 for two, um, and then spirit box is about 60 and that's, that's all mm-hmm. we started with. And honestly, most of the stuff that you, you, you can get now, you can get it on an app on a phone. And I definitely uh, yeah. recommend some of those because uh, they're they're easier to use. You don't have to wait for them to come in, anything like that. Necrophonic is a good app that I, that I use, and you can get okay. um, an Ovilus on your Would phone. Would you recommend the millimeter? Mm. I mean, I wouldn't discourage it. I would use it, see if it works. Everybody's open to using their own equipment. 
Um, some people don't like EMF meters or anything like that. I use them. Um, some people don't like spirit boxes. I use them. Um, so it, it's all about preference. You got to go with what works for you. You know. And it can't be hard to get some old school okay. rods or something of that. Yeah, nature. exactly. And use your body a lot. You, you use your senses because yep. that's one of the best pieces of equipment out there. And obviously you sense things because you had that experience in the fort. I had heard the best. Yeah. Right. I had heard the one of the best recorders to have would be the old tape uh, cassette recorders. A lot of people like those rather than the digital. Yeah, yeah, and that, that goes back to preference and everything like that. Like we use uh, – yeah, we have a bunch of different recorders that we use, and we've gotten a bunch of EVPs off of them. But I know a lot of people that use, like, super old, like, well, not super old, but older pieces of equipment, like older recorders and things like that. Like, I think John Savage uh, uses one that she's had since, like, 2003 or something like that. So. It is easier to get stuff off of digital recorders, obviously, than trying to do it off of a regular cassette recorder or gathering evidence. It takes just a lot more work to try to get the evidence off of the... Uh, but like I said, you can, use, you can use your phone. The voice recorder on your phone yep. works great. Yeah. I pick up a lot of good EVPs just yeah. using the voice recorder on my Apple, my iPhone. Yes, the, the voice memo. 